0: What is up everyone? Welcome to episode number 28 of the Transformation Journey. I'm your host, Emiliano, and today I am sharing with you a conversation I had with An Abdi. An is the creator of One Minute Book Review, a social media page focused on book reviews. He is the founder and editor-in-chief of Book Talk Today, a magazine and podcast for readers by readers. In today's conversation, on and I talk about many topics, going from productivity and being a content creator to finding similarities between philosophies and being self-aware for transformation. Remember that by the end of this episode, I will be sharing with you my key lessons, so make sure you stay until the end. I really enjoyed talking with On, and I hope you enjoy and find this episode valuable too. Just before starting, I'd love to invite you to share in your Instagram story that you are listening to this app so more lives can receive the value. Remember to tag me as at the.transformation.journey and I will repost it for you. That being said, get prepared to enjoy episode 28 with On Abdi. On, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, the Transformation Journey. Um, and it's been a while since we have been planning to to do this. I think that the first time in which I invited you was like on September of last year of 2020, and I am uh, very glad. Really? Yeah, (laughs) and I am very glad that we could finally get it done. Um, and you know, I want to start well. I think that you sort of know how my journey started, inspired by you, um, but I still want to share it so that also people listening can can know how it went. And so in January of 2020, I bought some books in English and I used to buy only books in Spanish, um, but I decided to buy some in English. And also by the time on Instagram, or on my personal profile, I came to see a one minute book review and I followed it. And then I was inspired to take the leap and start something of my own. I have always wanted to, to be an entrepreneur in a certain way and to start my own personal projects. And I mean, the Reader Lounge, I think, has been uh, my biggest success until now, and it was inspired by you. So I I want to thank you for that. And well, I would like to first start with sort of an introduction to yourself, but I like to do introductions with stories, so I would like you to tell the story of how you started One Minute Break Review, and with that story, share share stuff about yourself.
1: Sure. Firstly, thank you so much for having me on. That was a very that was a very nice introduction. Thank you so much, and it means so much that you started your journey and was inspired by me because I feel like uh, as part of the introduction, I think it'll be important for me to understand is that I able to. Be inspired by the books that they read, and also by the content that I produce. I don't particularly like when they just consume. I like when they do something with it. So it's a lot to me that you've actually started something and you're keeping up with it. So, yeah, my my reason for starting one minute book review was the fact that I wanted I wanted something that. I could go to and and find a a platform that reviews books in a very short and concise way. When I was commuting into work on my first graduate scheme in in the UK, I was working for the Governor Finance Grad Scheme, and I was commuting like four hours a day um, to London and and back, and I'd be looking at these book reviews done by major newspapers, and their book reviews would be like, I don't know, half a page to a page. Mm -hmm. I thought to myself... I don't really particularly want to be digesting this I want something that's perhaps a bit shorter and a bit more snappy and uh, at that time I was having a look at you know other people that I knew that were making content and I thought well I should try something myself similar to you when seeing me Uh, and uh, I was like well I don't really have an idea and then in like a spark I don't know where it came from I just came up with this idea of one minute book review and I was just like okay just uh, let's try this i never thought it was going to be something or whether i was going to keep it up but it was just i had my job and i was doing that and i was studying still and i just started it and that was what, early 2017 and i've been sort of off and on with it really it was only really until 2020 that i really started focusing on it a lot before then i wasn't focusing too much on it i was sort of to and from uh, um but yeah since then it's been a bit crazy i think the last 18 months really since. The pandemic i think a lot more individuals are looking for books to read Uh, and since then uh, we've launched the podcast as well where we speak with authors every week and that has been you know that's been amazing to be fair like i i feel like my strengths are in communicating in that platform um i love instagram and it's something that i enjoy but i almost feel like it's uh just a snapshot. And I, I love the conversations and I'm sure you mm. do because you have this podcast as well. So yeah. that's a bit of a brief introduction to me as an individual. What I'm currently doing is I'm currently uh, retraining as a software engineer. So I was working in finance and I'm currently making a switch into software engineering whilst also running the book review page and also the podcast and the magazine and content. And also. The moment's fairly busy at the moment, but uh, mm-hmm. perhaps we can get onto topics such as being a content creator whilst also having a job and how to manage those both um, might be in conversation as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's get into that. So how, how do you manage it? Because I mean, I am in school. Well, right now I'm like on, on holidays and vacations. So it's uh, more easy for me to to be productive uh, Well, with the Reader launch and with the podcast. But I mean, while I am in school, I have to sort of pick two. Either school and the reader lounge, or the reader lounge and my podcast, or the podcast and school. Because I mean, it's it's kind of hard to to handle everything. But how do you how do you manage it?
1: Sure. Um. I mean, I would say it's come in time. I mean, well, like I said, my first graduate scheme, I was working full time. Uh, I was working. so as part of that grad scheme, I had to do a professional qualification, and I was also commuting four hours a day. Uh, so I would, my routine really throughout those three or so years is what i would get up at anywhere between four and four 30, i I'd go to the gym, I'd from the gym, i would then drive to the train station, take the train in on the train in, I would study, do work on the train back. I would read for an hour and a half mm-hmm. and then I'd come home at like eight 39 and I'll just do it again. Uh, mm-hmm. needless to say after three years, I was quite, um, fatigued let's put it that way from from that routine and couldn't focus too much on content like cast and stuff because that, i just literally did not have the time mm-hmm. so at the moment i would say because i'm working from home and i'm retraining stuff a bit more extra time it goes back to the thing about when you read these productivity books and when you read these non are you actually taking anything from it because the reason why I read these books is so it can help me to do the things that I want to do. I don't mm-hmm. read them for the sake of reading them. Uh, so when I read, for instance, like Deep Work by Cal Newport, or I read Indistractable by yeah these books that are uh, helping me to to uh, to construct uh, systems and and productivity frameworks for me to to allow me to do a job and train and Mm -hmm. do a podcast and create content so I think the first step is to really appreciate the fact that the books are there to help me rather than me just reading them for the sake of sharing it with others because Mm -hmm. really selfishly Emiliano I read for myself and content's (laughs) just there because I feel like people should read them too I don't share them for the sake of sharing them to get attention for me because i don't particularly i don't i don't need attention for me as an individual that's just the way i am i'm just like well this book is cool i liked it you should read it too and these are the yeah. reasons why so that's my approach It's never been like look at me i read all these books and i'm amazing because um that's just not why i do it that's that's why i don't particularly want to be an influencer as well mm-hmm. that's also why i've maintained a job throughout all this because that's not my goal to be a influencer and do it full-time Um, not what i'm going for it so yeah that's really how i manage it it's okay what are the critical things that i need to do okay i need to have a job um that's really important mm-hmm. um similar to you you need to be a student so <laughs> construct time that is time blocking within your calendar that says, okay, during these periods of time, I am a student and I'm only a student. Uh, and then for instance, if you have a podcast lined up, uh, like I did a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, basically 10 days where I didn't have that much to do. So I was like, okay, within these 10 days, I'm going to schedule 11 podcasts. So I had 11 podcasts during those 10 days where I filmed for maybe three and a half, four months worth of podcasts. So now for the next 10 weeks or 12 weeks, I don't have to worry about, producing content i've got podcasts Mm -hmm. lined up so it's being a lot more forward looking it's saying okay i have five days in september that i can film okay let's try and organize these five podcasts these five authors in those five days uh, and then that will be content going up into December or the end of the year. So it's being a lot more organized and it's mm-hmm. taken me a lot of time. Like I'm 28, Emiliano, I don't know how old you are. I'm sure you're in your 16. late teens, uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, 16. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that you're doing this is amazing to me anyway, because like when I was 16, I wasn't even thinking about this kind of stuff it's to you for that. So thanks. I would say it's a lot more forward planning uh, so when you're constructing a, a content schedule or whether you're constructing a study schedule, it's have three months in mind, uh, minimum, that's, that's what I tend to do. And I think that's really important as a starting point. Um, if you don't have that starting point, it's very difficult to plan ahead and, and maintain a content schedule because, mm-hmm. uh, things happen and things come up. Like I've been dealing with many um, on the back, the back end of my stuff, you know, hard drives and all kinds of crap. So it's uh, <laughs> having a lead time and having a, a buffers is is very important uh, if if things go wrong. So that's really important. And also the appreciation, Emiliano, that things do take priority sometimes, like your studies will take priority. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but I perhaps haven't been posting as much as I used to do yeah. the last couple of uh, months. Um, so that's really just because that's just not my focus at the moment. Uh, my focus at the moment is to is my retraining program, uh, which I'm dedicating a lot of time to at the moment. Um, it's basically like a part-time job on top of my normal job, um, on top of all the other stuff that I do as well. So <laughs> it's a lot of hours. Uh, so I would say there's also an appreciation for that as well. It's like, okay, in this really for me now leading up until the beginning of September is going to be focused on that. Uh, so really the, the main thing that I, I really want to, to talk about in reference to this is planning. I think planning is the most important thing. Uh, planning your uh, resources as an individual, um, not only your time, but your energy. So knowing what times of day you're, you're best at and, and managing your energy over months rather than just a week. Because I think a lot of people just mm-hmm. think in weeks, um, I kind of have started to think more months, say, okay, for these three weeks, I'm gonna be very hard, you know, do eighty-five plus, and then for the next week or so I'm gonna go more into the the fifties or the or the forties. So that's that's really important to to know as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to mention a couple of things. Well, a few things here. So uh you said before uh talking about productivity that uh you, you like to have you like more to have conversations because you find them more valuable is that right
1: i think that only through a conversation can you really understand a topic uh, mm-hmm. and also a person as well so that's why i think conversations are really important and it really goes back to the thing the the point as well i mean on is the fact that when we're having a conversation right now we're both learning stuff uh, i think too often people think about who's going to listen um as important it is that people do listen and that you share it it's also important to understand that each one of us is getting value from the conversation Mm -hmm. because we're both learning something from each other so just the value of a conversation is really important um which is something that i value a lot more than i think i did in the past um before i before i had the podcast
0: yeah uh do you know who glow at tanma is no well i think she's like uh community manager or a marketing expert or something but the point is that she talks about how um instagram and TikTok mainly for example are platforms which are like when you use them it is like consuming fast food and when you listen to a podcast or watch a youtube video or or, or something which isn't just like quickly stimulating you. It is uh, more about the learning you have and the the experience. It is about like actually consuming stuff that is better for you. And that's something that I have noticed with your content that, and it, and it is also some, well, yeah, something uh, for which I respect you a lot because your content, even though you do not post daily, um, is very valuable. When you do post, you post like good reviews and good book recommendations and don't just post like a picture of your bookshelf for the sake of posting it and that is sort of what I have been trying to do especially like to balance stuff and again to be more productive I try to set times to create content and say like okay this day I'm gonna post a reel about uh, this certain uh, subject and the next day I'm not gonna post anything and the next one a book review and so I try to Post value not just uh post for the sake of posting and you know with my podcast um I have struggled a lot with consistency and uh with planning because um, I think it was like maybe three or two months ago. When I had a list of people who I wanted to interview and who I already uh, was chatting with, uh, including you, for example, but because of different things, uh, I couldn't do the 11. I think the 11 interviews and stuff didn't went didn't go as planned as planned. And I mean, it was it was a mess <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I think I am trying like now to focus on okay when. I interview people and when do I focus on posting and editing and all that and you know I think the part with which I struggle the most uh is well with my podcast is uh knowing new people to interview so you interview mostly or basically authors right and only. yeah and you already have read uh their books so do you only base uh who are you gonna interview in the books that you have read or do you plan on interviewing someone and then uh reading their book
1: so at the moment i'm very fortunate because there's a couple of publishers that send me free books so both penguin Mm -hmm. and bloomsbury um who are both in the uk so they send me books and i know the marketing managers now personally so if there's a book for instance that's coming out in september then they'll send me the book um As you can see, I've got like a stack here. That's the the books that they've sent me. So I'm very fortunate, really, Emiliano. I can't believe it's only really been a year since I've focused on it. And in a year, it seems like I've just, you know, interviewed some amazing people and got sent some really cool books. So that's one part of it is they sent me books and they say, okay, look, um, that uh, post-it kind of thing and we'll arrange for the authors to come on the podcast. So it's really helpful for me because it's content. It's Mm -hmm. content for the one minute book review channel because then I can post a picture and share it, and there's also content for my YouTube channel because then I can make a personal YouTube video about it, and then it's also a podcast, so it's also an hour. So, like the way I think about it now is like an ecosystem. So do you know how Apple has mm-hmm. the ecosystem? I think about myself as the ecosystem. So I've got I've got <laughs> nice. myself, I've got myself um, as the brand, let's say I've got my own YouTube channel, uh, I have my newsletter kind of thing, uh, but I also have one minute book review, which is like book reviews and photos. But i also have a podcast which is like long form so my thing is like i want the short i want the medium and i want the long mm-hmm. i want like everything i want photos i want clips i want long form i just want everything to come come under like a a triangle um of me <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, without sounding really egotistical so it's like understanding where it fits where does everything fit into into that um which cr- which requires a lot of planning, but also requires time. I mean, like mm. this has taken a long time for me to, to format this. When I started, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just mm. posting <laughs> this and that and this and that. And I've really sort of delved into like, okay, what is it that I'm trying to achieve from it? And what is it that I can do that no one else is doing, which I think is the really critical thing because I've seen really in the past two or three months, people doing exactly what I was doing three, four, five months ago. And that's a sign for me that I need to go and do something else because Mm -hmm. I know that whatever I'm going to do, everyone else is doing, which is not going to separate me. So at that point, it's important to take space and think, okay, what am I trying to do with this and what else can I do to separate myself? Really? when I think about it for me personally, the only thing that separates me is my personal knowledge and my ability to communicate. That's why I focused on the Sunday lives that I haven't really missed only really a week or two ago. I was away for the weekend. So I, unfortunately I missed that, but I've pretty much done a live every single week now for over a year and haven't really missed it. Um, because I know that that value is really important, um, for the community because Anyone can post a book and not answer a question, mm-hmm. but it really takes someone to sit in front of a camera, not knowing who's going to be on the other end. And they're going to ask you any question and you're not mm-hmm. prepared and whether you can answer it. Uh, that tests many different different facets of communication and knowledge and all that kind of stuff anyway. But that's really important uh, because that can't be replicated by anyone else. No one can sit in front of a screen and be me. That's mm-hmm. just me. Um, in the same way that when I do a podcast, no one can replace me as the podcast host because I have a certain set of knowledge, I have a certain way of communicating and I've built up a, uh, a following and a base of individuals that associate me with, with being this, um, mm-hmm. which you can't replicate with buying followers or you just can't replicate it. That's just the individuality of content creation. Um, so yeah, when when it comes to... The value, like you were saying earlier, I think that's, that's the only thing I focus on, Emiliano. Is what I'm putting out valuable? If it's not, I don't post it. If it mm-hmm. is, I post it. It's really that simple uh, because I don't want to post for the sake of it because, I mean, what, the whole point is, if it's, why, if it's not valuable, then why am I doing it? You know, mm-hmm. if it's not valuable to me or to you or to anyone who consumes it, what, why am I doing it? Um, And I know there's a lot of individuals that post the same books every single day. uh, And it's just like, why just I, I, the whole point of the, for me, the whole point of it is to share books that no one has read before, not to get likes for books that are popular that people have already read. Like, what's the point? The whole point is to share information that people haven't read before. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole point of it. So that's my focus and whether it gets, 200 likes or whether it gets, I don't really care. Like I honestly do not care. The whole point for me is to share information with individuals that are looking. And that's the really critical thing that is looking for new information and that they can learn from whether they want to do it or not. Is a whole different thing, mm-hmm. and that then goes into the whole social media usage and everything, and whether people actually want to make the change or whether they just feel like they are making the change. Um, but that's not for me to comment. The only thing that I can control is the value that I put out, and that's what I keep as the the north
0: star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of what I try to also to do because I I think it, I got into a moment, uh, into a stage of the reader lounge in which I was only posting for the sake of posting and growing. And, you know, I, well, there are many, many accounts, not in the bookstagram uh, niche specifically, but in like the business niche and all that, which uh, teach how to grow and how to hack the algorithm and all that. And what I have seen, and I think that's sort of also inspired by you <laughs> is that uh, my page has grown into 10,000 audience members because I have posted consistently valuable stuff during one and a half year and th- that has been great and in the part of like differentiation I am liking that many books well not many but a few big Instagram accounts are now like focusing on also doing uh community stuff so for example uh book thinkers they Yes, they, they are still focusing on their business of uh, promoting books and everything, but they uh, created a mastermind group interviewing authors and and many people. So I I think that's great. And that is a, a way to add more value and in a way in which it is more about internalizing and not just quickly consuming and also get better with books. Um, he's uh, he's creating his YouTube channel and he's doing many giveaways. And I, I like that. Me, um, well, right now I am just focusing on producing content uh, for Instagram and with the podcast for YouTube and for podcasting platforms. But I might start something, well, maybe a book club. I know you have a book club. Uh, maybe I, I will start a book club or, or something in the future to like engage more in, with the community. And you know, I think in one point of the last year, I asked you that, how do you monetize your page? <laughs> and you told I me not. Yeah, exactly. And that and you you told me not to f- not to focus on monetizing it, to focus on adding value. And that afterwards I could maybe focus on on how to monetize it. And I think that is how, what I have done basically. I have been focusing on adding value and now I am starting to focus on so also on how can I like get value? How can I um create something from that, not just post content for for the sake of it so when and why did you start uh, doing book clubs
1: I think it was the conversation um, so being done the book club um, it was it was under one minute book review it was under me for a while and then when I created uh, the podcast and magazine I kind of moved it over there so the uh, when you subscribe to the magazine you get access to the book club uh, the the reason why is I think that the conversations around books are, are more important than when you read them. Uh, the reason why is reading is a very solitary uh, endeavor. When you read, it's very personal and, and you take information from it. Uh, but in the process of doing so, sometimes you might miss critical information because you are coming from a certain perspective. So when you and I read a certain type of book, you might have a completely different perspective and learn something from the information that I might not have seen. So in the discussion that we will have about the book, you might bring up something that I have no idea about and I could then learn from. And then, likewise, um, you might learn something that I say, but that can't happen if you just read solely. And that's why I think the purpose of a book club is. And that's why I love it. Um, You know, we've been doing it now consistently, and I've sort of taken a little break from it because, like I said, on the next few months are very focused for me on on other things, but it's one of those things for me that I think is incredibly valuable for anyone that's willing to put the time and effort into it. There is, I want to say a dichotomy sometimes between the willingness to do it and the ability to show up. That's Mm -hmm. just been my experience. I think a lot of people love the idea of it, but they don't particularly like doing it. Um, So that sometimes can be a bit challenging when you've got a book club and you have Seven, eight people signed up, and just like two turn up just because they have mm. like late showing. So that's a bit difficult. So, yeah, I mean, a book club is a book club at the end of the day. And I think the thing to really understand is like, with a book club, what is the aim of it? Is it just to discuss the book itself, or is it to discuss the ideas around the book? Is it to have a discussion about the principles, the ideas, or is it more personal experience? So, I would say. My experience has been if I was to do it again, I would probably try and understand uh, what the frequency of the book club would want to be and get that nailed down and also understand who and the types of people that you'd like to to get on. Um, I think being selective is very important from my Mm -hmm. experience Mm -hmm. because... Uh, i've had some individuals that i perhaps should have vetted before um so that's just the way it is um like anything you just have to manage trying to manage that is very difficult as a as a content creator but yeah it just comes Mm -hmm. in time yeah yeah
0: in, in January, I created a book club. I mean, it was a free book club because it was the anniversary of the Reader Lounge. And like maybe 30 people uh, registered to to participate in it. But then only like six people showed up. But those six people uh, were like, I would say, wise people. We had a, a great conversation. And with three of them, I have developed... Well, actually, with four, with all of them, <laughs> I have developed... A, like a good connection a connection yeah. that even though I, I i do not know them like physically it it is like great to have them as a as a friend uh yeah as friends and as people i can talk to but i i actually am looking for ways to yeah to monetize the reader lounge because i want to start to learn a little about to, to gain experience about like having an actual business so that in the future I can like know more. But still, I want to focus like on the part of adding value. And I have uh, people reached out to you um, asking if you could post in your story if people needed an e-reader like Kindle or something.
1: If I told you how many messages I get a a day, Emiliano, you'd probably laugh. (laughs) <laughs> but I reject every single one. I haven't done one paid promotion. I haven't done one paid story. I haven't done one paid post mm-hmm. ever on my page. And I don't particularly plan to. Uh, when it comes to the business side of this content creation, I think it's really important to understand what your goal with it is. Uh, like my goal isn't to, like I said before, my goal is not to be a in that space. There's other individuals in the bookstagram world that promote all types of books they don't particularly care what type of book it is they just Mm -hmm. post it because they know they're getting paid for it that's not what i do that's just Mm -hmm. that's not me because the whole point for me is like and and this is really interesting about the point of integrity because any book that you post is a reflection upon yourself it's not just something that you get paid for or that you advocate for anything that you post is a um What's the best word is an indication of who you are as an individual. So I take that very seriously. I don't want to post a book that I don't particularly reflect my Mm -hmm. personality or who I am as an individual because that doesn't reflect upon me very well. Um, So that's why I don't do paid promotions because most of the books that get sent to me are just complete rubbish. So I don't. I don't want to do it like I just and that's me being honest Emiliano my goal like I said is not to be a quote-unquote influencer I still have a job I I have other goals when it comes to my career that's not related to this uh I for instance like I said I'm retraining to be a software engineer I want to build apps I want to work in companies that are building applications so that I can do that as a career um because I feel like that will give me more of a chance to be um financially um successful than if I was just to do this mm-hmm. like and and I feel like it's more picking up the pennies for let's say doing promotions if someone was to pay me 50 pounds for a book um, it's like okay they pay me 50 pounds but it's like that doesn't reflect upon me very well mm-hmm. so it's sort of that long-term short-term mindset Um, I had someone who wanted me to promote their book and they were gonna give me I think like 150 pounds or something um, fairly low I would consider uh, for a reflection upon me as an individual, because I hold my <laughs> self esteem quite high, um, not in an egotistical way, just more out of self respect. And I read mm-hmm. the book and it was total rubbish. Like I was just like, I'm. This is going nowhere close to my name. Uh, and so I just rejected it. And some people say, Oh, it doesn't matter. Like I get the money. Uh, but like for instance, uh, there's been authors that have sent me their books for free, um, and I don't accept any payment. They send it to me to free, and I usually just do a review or I have them on the podcast. And some of them, most of them have turned out to, my, to be my friends. Like there's one mm-hmm. author in the UK called Will Stahl, one of my favorite authors. I loved all of his books. He's now a friend of mine and he's got a new book coming out in September, which he sent me, which is here. It doesn't even have a cover on it. It's a pre-published version. And he sent me the book to let me know my thoughts. And he's coming on the podcast in September. You would have told me a year ago that that would have happened. And I would have been like, you have to be joking me. But I, I don't, I honestly think Emiliano's cause I don't expect anything from them. Like I don't say to them, look, the only, I'm only going to post your book if you pay me X amount of money, because that my goal is to create relationships with individuals. It's not just to take their money because what is, what is that at the end of the day? It's not the goal of what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to pick up the, pick up the pieces of something that I don't think is, mm-hmm. is what I want to do. So I think it's important for me to caveat this, is that I don't think one way is right or wrong. I think it's important to understand what your goal is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If your goal is to get experience about how to run a business online, then I, I I totally understand why you'd go down that avenue, but that's not my personal goal, which is why I don't do it. So it's important for me to caveat after that long explanation that I don't mm-hmm. think it's right or wrong, quote unquote. I think it's important to understand what your goal is. Um, and then, and then act in that way. Um, that's why you'll, that's why I just don't do promotions or promote any, mm. like some people, some people send me messages. I mean, and they're so rude. Like, honestly, they're so <laughs> rude. Uh, and they say to me, you know, you should promote my page. Um, I'm new. You, yeah. you should promote my page. I'm like, who are you? Like, exactly. Why? I, I get I mean, those messages too. <laughs> I mean, it's hard enough to promote yourself, let alone someone else. Um, so yeah, no, you can go take your promotion you know insert unnecessary swear word uh but yeah i think it's important to understand what your goal is and then and then act accordingly
0: so i almost one year ago i had on my podcast as my first guest um nick from book thinkers and he has become a, a good friend of mine mm. and I asked him because I was starting like uh again, coming from the idea of learning learning how to how to do a business how how to yeah, basically that, and I asked him how did he monetize book thinkers and he told me about promotions and all that, and I started doing them, but um, until some months ago, I have noticed that it's not something for me it is not something sustainable, it is not really something i believing and I want to share how it has been with me. So I used to do uh paid promotions with authors who I reached because their books seemed in their books seemed interesting for me. Um, and for example, there is a book called Getting Naked. Um, it is about entrepreneurship and startups, but also about uh personal development. And I, I mean it was a paid promotion but it has become one of my favorite books and I have I had the author on the podcast I have developed a great connection with him I would even consider him my mentor I gave more value than what I uh, said I would give to him uh like for for the deal for for yeah for the sale of the promotion and I mean that's sort of what I have noticed there are certain books which I do well I would like to uh make a deal with the authors, uh, for, and I know that I can provide more value than what I say to them that I will provide because, uh, there is this company Bookstar PR, um, it, and it was founded by a friend, a mentor of, uh, have, uh, a mentor I have, and his name is Brandt Meswar. Do you, do you know him? His book is called yeah. black ship. Yeah. So he published his book on October of the last year and. He now, the way in which he mar- uh, did marketing for his book was sending a copy of the book to many bookstagram accounts. He sent one to me, It was, I didn't charge or anything. And that way uh, he became a best-selling author. And I think that because of that experience, he and his partner created a company called Bookstar PR, which is a marketing company for authors. And what they do is that they send uh, books uh, to different bookstagrammers uh, who have a certain amount of followers, uh, for example, me. And they do pay because I mean that's their business. And until now, with the books that they have sent me, I have provided, I think, the value more value than what I promised. But also I have done it with books in which I believe because I believe in the business of Bookstar PR more on the business that I have, uh on doing all myself. Because I know that what they are doing is actually helping their authors. And if I was publishing, uh, if I was to publish a book, I would probably go with them. Um, and so I think that is an important part, but because of all this, and because I don't see um, much profit, but also I don't see much value in the promotions is why I am trying to look for new ways to innovate in the books and reading industry, because there are the the reason why I asked you about People contacting you to ask you if you could uh, do a poll on your story and ask if people need new e-readers as Kindle was because I get many of those messages of people with startups wanting to create uh, like, uh, yeah, gadgets as Kindle. But I don't really think that is the way to innovate in this industry because there is not, uh, there aren't many ways to like to innovate with, with a book. I think we can innovate with the experience and it is sort of what you're doing with, with one minute book review and with, uh, your podcast and with the, the book clubs because you are like creating new ways of engaging with a community of readers and of adding more value so that we can all progress or reach our individual goals. It's like, like a mastermind. Um, And yeah, do you, do you have any, any thoughts on that? (laughs) You you unpacked a lot
1: there, Miliano. Um, (laughs) going back to, to Nick, um, specifically, um, I don't particularly think that, um, that way of promoting books is the best. Uh, yeah, me either. Mm-hmm. because the issue that I have with it is it's not about the books itself it's about him as the individual um and that's I'm, perhaps that's just a clash of personalities but I don't particularly agree with that sentiment or that because the the books and the ideas are foremost it's not me as the individual it's not the author even it's not really the author themselves Um, and I think that goes back to the nature of the types of books that you're promoting is it about the brand of the individual author or is it about the ideas and principles inside of it Mm -hmm. so that's what I really look for and that's why if you look at my podcast I really try my hardest to get certain types of it I just don't get anyone like there's a certain type of individual that's going to come on my podcast, and there's a certain type of individual who's going to come nowhere near. They're mm-hmm. going to come nowhere near, Emiliano. Trust me. <laughs> um, and I can think of many, many individuals that are going to come nowhere close. Uh, so I think that's really important to have integrity in in what your goal is and what your vision is, and also to understand the time frame. Like, I mean, I want to be interviewing authors really into the future. I don't really have a time frame, like. I just want to be speaking with authors and if they have a really interesting book, I want to be speaking with them, whether it lasts for five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years, I don't particularly care. Like I I can really see myself speaking to authors until the day that I I pass. So I don't particularly care if it, I don't, yeah, I don't care if one Mm -hmm. podcast gets, you know, 200 listens, another one gets 5,000. Like I, these things don't particularly matter to me. That's the point I'm trying to make is more it's like, okay, do you feel like you're making progress um, towards the individual that you wanna become and that the systems around you are, are lending to that way? Because my personal opinion, I've spoken to my granddad a lot. He's, I would consider he's my mentor is he came, to, he came from pre post-partitioned India. So when India in the 1940s, it was partitioned. Uh, and then uh, the Muslims in India were driven up into what is now known Pakistan and also uh, Bangladesh um, as well. And he basically had nothing. His family was killed. And then he basically got educated. He, he became the top student in his school, got a scholarship to the, to the UK, did a scholarship here, moved to Saudi Arabia, you know, did very well entrepreneur business Mm -hmm. and he always says to me he's like don't chase money he Mm -hmm. and he's like 85 86 and he's like just don't and i'm like well if my granddad who's done well um from nothing is giving me advice i'm gonna take his advice over anyone else who's quote-unquote in this influential space because i'll listen to my granddad over anyone else because i know <laughs> what he's been through so my goal is not to chase immediate returns because i know that's going to come in time if you're the best at what you do and you're you are creating a niche and something that no one else is doing there the, and the values there then the monetization is going to happen over time but i feel like when you make short-term and I think this is just a business principle. When you when you make a short-term uh when you do short term strategies in order to maximize um wealth, it just it's not sustainable. And you want sustainability, you don't want mm-hmm. immediate returns, uh, which goes back into many different principles of psychology, whether they be delayed gratification or in business when it comes to sustainability and profitability. So that that's really my my main thing. I don't really know where I was going with that. Um I think you just wanted my comments on the things that you were talking about. Uh, You mentioned also the fact that you want to maintain integrity in the types of books that promoting. So you said that Mm -hmm. when you produced content, you were giving more value. That's really important. And that's definitely something that I associate with. I want the ideas that come out of my mouth and also out of the podcast as well to be the ideas that people can find value from, which is very important. But my general sentiment is most of the books that are being published now in the space of Business or entrepreneurship specifically are more around how an individual is right rather than tried and true principles. So, for instance, if you look at a book like The Lean Startup by Eric Reese, it talks about principles of how to grow a startup from scratch. Um, another one being Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Those books are like the in science, you have this idea of first principles. So, it talks about the mm-hmm. ideas about how to create a business and the steps to go do it. Whereas I feel like a book that's being promoted individually is more about an individual story. So, it's important to understand that as the reader's case. You Want like an individual story, or do you want like principles? Um which has been my experience and like i said there is a certain type of individual that i do talk to and that i don't talk to and that i do read and that i don't read um and i think that's also important to talk about is you don't have to read everything that's out there mm. <laughs> you're you, you have the freedom to read what you want um like loads of people send me messages it's like you should read that you should read that you should read that and i'm like no i'm not gonna read that <laughs> i have a limited amount of time on this earth to read a certain type of number of books i'm only going to read the ones that in, that interest me and and mm. i'm I'm curious to learn about not ones that I feel like I should read, um, Mm -hmm. which is a whole different topic, which I think is very interesting in this space because I feel like people are forced to read a certain type of book because if they don't, they won't be successful in whatever way that they've been (laughs) successful of when they'll read the book. And that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just not the case. Um, So yeah, don't feel pressured to read a book just because someone tells you to me included, by the way, I want to caveat that just because I'm saying you should read a book doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Um, I try my hardest in my reviews to say who a book's for and who a book isn't for, um, which is why the type of reviews that I do, rather than rating it out of an arbitrary measure of one to five stars, because that's just not valuable. Um, mm-hmm. I try and say, okay, who's this book for and who's this book not for? Uh, so if the book's not for you, don't read it. If it's for mm-hmm. you or you're interested, read it. Um, it's it's really that simple.
0: Um, yes. And that's, that's why that's, that's I try and promote. Hey everyone it's Semi again and this is just a quick reminder that by the end of this episode I will be sharing with you my biggest lessons from this episode so make sure you stay until the end. If you are enjoying the conversation and are receiving value from it, it would mean the world if you could share it to a friend or if you could subscribe to the podcast to not miss one episode. well i want to ask you how do you uh pick your next read but i just want to mention that i i I don't know if i might be sounding like uh i focus a lot on profit but i really don't i mean i do focus like on uh starting to to have an income and to have profit and all of that but i i like business because i like business i i have been enjoying or dreaming about becoming an entrepreneur since i was like nine years old and i think I was mostly influenced by my dad. Um, but I mean, I, I look at someone like Richard Branson and I I admire him a lot. He started uh, being an entrepreneur uh, around my age. And I like what he does. He does provide value. He has fun. I mean, these things sort of inspire me. I like to read yeah. business books because I like to I like the process of creating something of value and uh trying it and testing it and seeing if it will if it will be successful or not and that's sure. why i I also want to focus on business like not to because one thing is just to add value and another to add value through a business and I think I prefer more like adding value through a business but not not for the sake of money but like for the sake of the experience, which is cool <laughs> um but sure. yeah.
1: I, So, so uh, on that point, my experience is, is like from, from someone who I did a graduate scheme where I studied finance, so it was a finance grad scheme. So I worked in government departments and I learned about how they manage money and, and that kind of stuff. And I've done some different roles, whether they be business analyst or finance analyst. My experience as being Emiliano is your own individual experience is really important when running a business, but it's also important to see how other people do it and to be within the frame of on the ground in the ground seeing Mm -hmm. how other people run a business um because you also understand how not to do it which has been my experience a lot (laughs) you see how someone see you're like wait because this is a really interesting thing about reading books and experiencing it is the fact that you read a book like for instance on communication and then you have a manager that is a terrible communicator and there's just an awful human being to be (laughs) around and you're like well that's what they're doing wrong that's, that's what someone else is doing, right? If they're very successful, you're like, okay, cool. They're doing all those things. That's why they're successful. And that's why I'm in the position. I'm going to be like them. Um, but I'm, personally, like I'm not in a particular rush um, to be, um, you know, I create content. I create value similar to the way you do, but I think that I'm no, in no particular rush to then make it into like a thing if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like my focus as an individual is how do I, can I create and acquire skills that no one else can and then put the skills together. Um, that something really fascinating for me is the idea that, okay, I am a content creator. I read all these books, but I also have experience in finance. I also am ha- now going to be um, a software engineer so I can create systems i can create algorithms i can create all these types of things whether they be applications web applications mobile applications you know i don't know where that's going to go but it's more the skills behind it like do you have the skills behind it in order to do something that no one else can do which really is the most valuable thing because you don't know what idea is going to you don't know the ideas that you're going to have in mm-hmm. five ten years but do you have the skills? in order to implement the idea once it comes. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different ballgame. So that's my focus. It's like, okay, do I have the necessary skills? Um, that's why. That's just my focus. Um, and I think your, your approach is important because you are knowing what you want. Um, my thing to you would be like, get the skills that Richard Branson has.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, like get yeah. the skills. He is a fantastic communicator and salesperson. Like, I don't think there's anyone better. <laughs> he makes something that's incredibly difficult seem very easy. And that's when you yeah. know someone's great at what they do. So, yeah, find out what the skills behind him are. Yeah. Um... And then that's why I don't want to be anyone else. Like there's a lot of people that want to be someone. Like I don't want to be anyone else. Mm-hmm. I want to acquire the skills that other people have in order for them to be the person that they are, which is something completely different. Like I don't want to be anyone else um, apart from Goggins maybe, but that's, that's a whole <laughs> different thing. I think <laughs> yeah. everyone, wants, everyone wants a part of Goggins in them. So, But then with him, it's like, okay, how can I be more like him rather than how can I be him? which is too it's very subtle difference but it's it's a very important one it's like what are the principles that he lives by and how can I live by those principles as well
0: yeah so you do not want to be the next David goggins you want to be the first on Abdi with uh skills similar yeah with similar skills to to skills and traits as David goggins
1: I had this feeling when I was a kid like uh, do you know when you went to school and they would be like okay what do you want to be when you're older mm. <laughs> or who's your idol more importantly people like uh, who's your idol i'm like i don't know like <laughs> i don't know like I, I really i really don't know who my because i don't i don't have an idol that i look up to as an individual uh and i always i always was confused about that question when i was young i was like no, i don't have an idol that i'm chasing like i just don't like it just doesn't compute in my mind. What does compute in my mind is the fact that there are individuals that I respect that are good at what they do, that I'm like, what are they doing to be the best? And why are they the best? Mm -hmm. And I like to learn about how they have become to be the best that they are so that I can replicate the processes and systems that they use to become the best for myself to find out what I actually want to do as well, rather than I want to be like them. That's why, for instance, when someone says, Uh, for instance, they did X, Y, and Z to then be the person that they are, I'm like, okay, that is their individual journey. That's Mm -hmm. the steps they took. Just because you replicate the steps they took doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get to the position they are. But what was the famous thing at the moment or a very contemporary example is like, um, is it mind mind maps or what is it? uh, Mental models. So like, mm-hmm. what are the mental models that they're using in order to, to get to the position, which is more important than the steps that they took? Because with technological advancements, you don't know the steps. Like the steps might change in two to three years, but the mindsets don't change. Um, so it's trying to figure out the mindsets rather than the steps themselves, um, which comes back more to self-awareness and understanding yourself, uh, which is more important than anything. Uh, I've made a very conscious effort not to consume that much content recently i don't really listen to podcasts i don't really listen watch youtube videos i don't really (laughs) i don't really do anything but read books and create content because Mm. i found my vehicle for learning my vehicle for learning is books i don't i learn a bit from audiobooks uh but i really don't really learn from youtube videos or from podcasts really um i learn through reading uh so why would I not just read more, which makes mm-hmm. more sense, which just comes from understanding yourself. So how do you learn best? That's why when someone asks me on a live Q&A, it's like, which one's better, books, audiobooks, or ebooks, mm-hmm. I'm like, they all are good. They're video, they're all good. It's just another vehicle for learning. Uh, and if you're learning from it and you're benefiting from it. As long as it's not a, not a book summary or a blink list, I think you're all right. When you go down the road of blink lists and stuff, I'm like, no, don't do it, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> you're not that's not learning. That's that's dopamine rush. Um uh, that's dopamine rush uh, masquerading as learning. It's not the same thing. So mm-hmm. and it probably goes back to down to the fact that reading is very difficult. And if you really want to become a better reader, it's gonna take a lot of time. You just, you can't pick up a Dostoevsky. You can't pick up a, you know, even a Jordan Peterson, a Jung, um, you know, you can't pick those up and just expect to get it. Like you just can't. And I think a lot of people just expect that they pick up a book and they'd be like, oh yeah, I got it after first time reading. It's like, even an easy, even what would be considered to be an easy book like Atomic Habits Mm that sold over 2 million copies. You have to read it multiple times to even try and understand what he's trying to say. You can't just read it once, do a couple of highlights, do a couple of notes, and then expect to implement it because it just doesn't work that way. Uh, anything doesn't work that way. It takes so much time and effort. Uh, and I, that's why I think people love the idea of reading rather than reading itself. And I think if you love, if you're curious as an individual, then reading will come naturally to you It's just a part and part process of the a part and part of the process of being curious is is wanting to to learn and and read books is just the vehicle for me the best vehicle i, I just think mm-hmm. it's the best vehicle for learning uh i, I know other people learn better from other vi- uh, vehicles whether they be books or podcasts or um, sorry videos or podcasts uh, or audiobooks uh, i think they're all great uh, i don't think one's better than the other but mine is physical copies i Mm -hmm. i I just can't replicate what i can learn from a book from anything else
0: yeah me either i think that the two sources from which i get the most value as in learning are yeah books and podcasts i do listen to a lot of podcasts and about what you said uh you know about reading books and hoping to get all the information in the first time, in the first time reading it, I read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius and uh, last year on November, I thought, I think, and I thought, because it is not a very big book, I thought that I would read it like in a week or something, but it took me like maybe one month and a half or something because it's really information you have to reflect and to digest. It's not, it is not something you, you just read and get in the... In the first time, even with Atomic Habits, I have read it twice, and I think that, like on the actual application of what I read, on actually taking action, um, I have just been able to 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 apply one principle, which is the the idea of identity. Yeah, and mo- mostly that principle. Um, but there are, yeah, many books, uh, many easy reads which aren't that easy. That's not that, easy. No, yeah.
1: and, and, and no book is quote-unquote easy to read. Um, some are more difficult than others. Uh, I mm-hmm. think some are difficult to the degree that the language or the concept is difficult. So if you think of like a Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, that took me three months to get through. I, I just, I was reading it, I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm really <laughs> trying my hardest to get through it. And I was being really patient. I wasn't giving up on it because I really wanted to read it. I found it really interesting, but I'm like, I need to take some time with this because I don't understand it. You know, 12 Rules for Life, the first time I read it, it took me a long, long time. Um, his first book, Maps of Meaning, that was ridiculous. Like that took me, a, I don't know how long that took me. I still don't think getting around the trauma of reading it the first time. Uh, but there's there are some books I think that I have on a, a circuit that I read, if not every six months, every sort of year, if not, to to refresh because
0: mm-hmm.
1: you just you, things and the thing is, Emiliano, is experiences happen in your life that shape your perspective, which then mm-hmm. make you see books differently. So that's why it's important to revisit um and have a set of books that you have found valuable that you can then return to. Um, and to reference meditations as a book that you can just think that you can read and then you're done is ridiculous because yeah. <laughs> medit- I haven't finished meditations, but I, I've, I read it all the time. Like I just flick through it and find a, a passage or a couple mm-hmm. of lines and I, I think about it. Um, I haven't read it cover to cover cause I don't believe it's a book that should be read cover to cover. I, I don't know. I just, it's not a narrative. It's not mm-hmm. a book. That's a story. It's like a set of, um, notes. Compilation of notes of an individual through his personal diary. It's I, I don't think it's one of those books uh, similar to Tim Ferriss's books, uh, Tools of Titans and Tribe Mentors. Mm-hmm. It's not really a book that you read from cover to cover. It's just like okay, what interesting piece of information can I find that can help me with what I'm going through now? Um, yeah, Meditations is a is an interesting book. Not I wouldn't really consider it a a book that you read. It's a book that you reference. And I think mm-hmm. that's important to understand. There's books that you read and there's books that you reference. Um, Ryan, that's why I think Ryan Holiday's books are so great because they are a book that you can read um, around a subject that other books just reference. Like he, mm-hmm. he really contemporalizes, I don't think that's a word, um, he puts into contemporary format the, the what Marcus Aurelius or Seneca mm-hmm. uh, or Cicero or Epictetus was trying to say. And I don't consider myself a Stoic because I'm religious. But I, I, <laughs> I, I like finding the similarities between different forms of, of thinking. That's just where my interest lies.
0: And, well, you, you say that you do not consider yourself a Stoic, but do you apl- apply Stoic principles into your life?
1: I think given the fact that I'm religious, there's a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. There's an incredible amount of overlap. And for me, it's interesting because I read a book recently called The Map of Knowledge by Violet Mola you can just see it, see it there it's basically a book about seven ancient cities and how knowledge formed in those seven cities so it talks about baghdad and iraq alexandria in in northern egypt it talks about um <clears throat> uh what does it talk about uh, toledo in spain i think mm-hmm. uh is it phil in spain there's another one in spain i think it was seville perhaps not Uh, Palermo, Salerno in Italy, and Venice in Italy. So it talks about seven ancient cities and how knowledge spread from the year 500 to the year 1500. And it was interesting for me to read that because I'm like, well, when did religion form? When did Stoicism or other philosophies form and how have they become intermingled through the process of information being exchanged and languages being translated from Arabic to then Greek to, to Latin to then European languages like Spain and Spanish and Italian, you know. Uh, in that book, she talks about the Latinization of of Arabic uh, scriptures. So the idea that in Arab world, they were they were very at the forefront of science and astrology and astronomy and... And in the process of translating that information from Arabic into uh, Greek, they basically changed the names of the individuals from Arabic names into either Greek names. So then when the Western Enlightenment came out in the 1800s, a lot of individuals thought that it originated in Europe where it actually originated in the Arabian world, Mm -hmm. um, which to me is fascinating because then that throws out into, okay, is Western democracy really Western or is it Arabian? which is a whole different thing. And, and I, I had her on the podcast and we were talking about it. And that to me is fascinating. Like that to me, I could talk about that stuff all day. Like it, mm-hmm. that to me doesn't, there's no time frame on something like that. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but stuff like that is truly fascinating to me. I think we are talking about Marcus Aurelius and, and mm-hmm. the stoicism. And um, I, I like finding parallels between different forms of thinking. Mm -hmm. So, okay, what is in Stoicism? What is in religion, whether they be Judeo-Christian or Islamic ways of thinking? um, And where are the similarities? Because my idea is, okay. where is truth? Like, where is where does the truth lie? So if the truth lies in similarities between different forms, that to me is more of an indication that it's truth. Like Stoicism, um, Islam, uh, Christianity, Judaism and Buddhism as well. Talk about how life is suffering. So I'm like, well, if they're all saying that life is suffering, if Viktor Frankl is saying that life is suffering, if Carl Jung is saying that life is suffering, if Friedrich Nietzsche is saying that life is suffering, if David Goggins is saying life is suffering, <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot of people that are across thousands of years that are saying life is suffering from different backgrounds and different cultures. Life must be suffering. So mm-hmm. let's find better ways to combat that and become better for it. Um, which is why, uh, which is the sort of the approach that I take to, to learning um, is finding the parallels between different people. And then I can find the, I call them universal human truths, which is like, okay, what are the systems that govern human behavior uh, that we can, uh, that I can use really um, in order to understand what it means to be a better person. Um, and not to, not to just say, okay, this is better because it comes from this school, mm. uh, but is this better because thousands of years of history has backed it up with evidence? That's why I like reading books that are thousands of years old or hundreds of years old, because if they've been around... Have you heard of the Lindy Principle? The idea that if something mm. has been around for a certain period of time, then there's more chance of it being around. Um, Ryan Holiday talks about it in The Perennial Cellar. Fast, great marketing book, one of my favorite marketing books. If you're creative, then you definitely need to read The, the Perennial Seller. Um, in that book, he talks about the idea that if something has been around for a 1,000 years, there's a chance, there's a high chance it'll be around for another 1,000 years. Mm-hmm. So with Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, it's been around for thousands of years, so the chance of being around 1,000 years is very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's important to read those types of books rather than perhaps a book that's just come out a week ago uh, because... <laughs> there's more value within it because it's time has tested it. Uh, and my focus really over the last couple of months is switching away from books that have been written immediately in the last few months to then try for personal reasons, not for promotion reasons, uh, to to understand things differently in a different perspective, which I think as a reader, as a curious reader, I think it's incumbent upon you to understand Every single book that's being published now is a reference to what's come before. Mm-hmm. So why would you not read something that is 100 years old if everything you read now is referencing it? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the source? Like, what, what is the source of all the things that are being published? That to me is like, okay, where are the groundbreaking books? Um, like, for instance, one book that I read a couple of months ago, which was Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman, which came out in 1975, that talks about the introduction of the television and how it changed the definition of truth in American society. That book has shaped many books that have come up, uh, come after it on the same topic. That's why I read it. So
0: Yeah, like what you say about uh well, how I see is knowledge or wisdom is compounded because after someone read Meditations, he wrote a book. And after someone read the book, which was based on Meditations, he read both books and then wrote he, his own book. And yeah, it is compounded. And I also like the idea of universal truths. Because have you read A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle? Well, I haven't read it, any
1: of his books. I need to read his books, uh, Yeah, I haven't read any of them.
0: Yeah, I would suggest uh, A New Earth. Um, and in there, one of the things he talks about is that beliefs are not the truth but beliefs point to the truth and i think it's sort of yes. uh w- what you're saying when uh philosophies overlap when the beliefs of those philosophies overlap it's probably because that's the truth and well i want to ask three brief more things before wrapping up and sure. the first one is something i am curious about which you talked about and it is um suffering so what has been like your uh what have, what have been your learnings around life is suffering or h- how do you personally see that?
1: So I want to say the last, since the end of 2018, uh, I've been experiencing many setbacks, whether they personally or whether they be familiarly, um, many, many, which I don't share and I don't think you need to share them. I think some people will like to share them. I don't share them as an individual because I don't think it's important. But what I've learned from it is the fact that, you know, that principle that um, this too will end. I think it's a stoic Mm. principle, Um, but there's something in in Islam that's very similar as well Uh, and how the importance of patience and if I've taken anything out of that principle in my own experience is that is that patience is the most important thing in anything that you believe to be important to you now it's important to caveat the fact that patience doesn't mean not doing anything patience means it's like okay what you're going through is difficult but it won't last Mm -hmm. are you doing everything you can today to make sure that you're better and the situation is better but you're not sacrificing any personal principles along the way That is very important to me because you can easily sacrifice personal principles to get out of a situation, but then you end up being a person that you don't want to be. That's what I want to avoid. That's why you read a book like Ego is the Enemy, because there's loads of individuals through there that have given up what they would believe to be their personal principles for financial or status. Uh, Bernie Madoff being one of them Uh, that, for instance, just they're not around anymore. No one knows him. You know, no, he's considered to be a a, just a footnote in history as someone who was a crook and a thief. So don't sacrifice personal principles for any type of gain, whether it be financial or otherwise. I think people think that success is just financial, but I think some people forego what other people would do for power and status. Um, So know what your vice is. I think that's very important. Know what your vice is. If your vice is money, be aware of that. If your vice is status and power and and putting one up over someone else, know that you need to know yourself and and, and where, who you are as an individual. Um, know that and be patient in the knowledge that it won't last, but also make a daily commitment to be better than you were the previous day, because that's the only way that you're going to get out of the situation. And also have knowledge that there's always going to be something that you're fighting against. There's always going to be something. And I think having that knowledge is very important. Going back to that concept of life is suffering. Every day you get up, there's always there's always something. There's always going to be something. And I think something that I've learned is I was naive previously to the fact that a lot of people that I would consider to be successful, and I know there's many ways to define that, have everything worked out. And the moment I realise that no one has anything worked out and even the ones that you respect the most sometimes are just winging it to the best degree. And when you know that, I think it gives a lot more perspective on your own personal suffering and that you can get more perspective on what you're trying to achieve and have a bit more of a longer time frame. Uh, and then that sort of sets you up a bit better and, and gives you a bit more contentment in the short term. Mm-hmm.
0: I heard about the idea of this tool passed in, in, a new earth and, and I like it, I, I relate patience with, uh, presence and mm. even right now, enjoying this conversation or in a moment in which I am stressed or in a moment in which, uh, I am in danger or anything. It's like this tool pass and I bring presence and I even sort of enjoy most moments and that is something that I learned from, from a new earth. uh
1: And I would also say something to add on to that is the fact that understand what you can and can't control. If there's something you can control, then make sure you're doing everything to solve it. If there's something you can't control, then don't worry about it. There's no point worrying about it. I think a lot lot of time people get stressed because they focus on things that they can't control. And they focus all the time or intention on it. But really, there's only a couple of things that you can really control um, Mm. on a daily basis. That's you, your actions, your output. Uh, and how you treat other people. That's really it. So just focus on that stuff. And just let the rest fall where they may. Because you don't have mm-hmm. control over it.
0: And about knowing yourself. Do you think it is important? Because by knowing yourself. You also know what you can control. And then you can be proactive. Or,
1: I think the the image that you have of yourself changes over time. So I don't think you can know yourself holistically. But I do mm-hmm. think you can understand who you are at that given moment and that's why i think constant reading constant writing i'm a big advocate for writing by hand um just because i think it's a better form of uh jordan peterson talks about it he's like to write is to think you can't think just by your thoughts like you have to write it down and handwriting is the best form of it because you can type quicker than you can write by hand so if you're typing something sometimes you can think something you can write something down without having thought about it so when you're writing by hand you can't write quicker than you can think so by writing by hand you're more clear on what you're trying to say which is something that i've tried to try to do a lot more is actually write by hand whether it be blogs or thoughts or content ideas um do everything by hand um, with a fountain pen seems to work very well for me in 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 clarifying everything so
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and well my Last question before my last question <laughs> mm-hmm. is yeah uh, we have talked about like which books you you read but I would just like to know how do you actually apply books and avoid falling into the trap of just reading for the sake of reading and then even feeling bad because you have read about feeling good or I I don't know if you uh, get what what I mean
1: I don't I didn't understand that last bit but I understood what you said before that um. I I choose books that only interest me. Um, so if there's something that I can learn from it, whether it be a, a, so, there's two real reasons why I read a book. Is uh, the first one being if it interests me, like if it's a topic that interests me. For instance, uh, you know, the siege of Constantinople in 1453. That just interests me. I want to I want to read more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I would read it. Or if a book. Uh, is answering a specific question that I'm trying to look for. So uh, if I want to establish better habits, uh, or I want to establish a certain type of habit, then I'd read Atomic Habits. If I want to read a book on productivity, I'd read Deep Work by Cal Newport. If I want to understand how to grow a more resilient mindset, I'd read Grit by Angela Duckworth, or I'd read Mindset by Carol Dweck, or i read Goggins. Or, you know, if there's something that I can learn from or if I'm interested in it, and it's great if they both combine, and if it's interesting and I can learn from it, I'm like, well, this is great. Happy Mm. days. If a book doesn't interest me, I won't read it, even if it's considered to be required reading. And I'm like, who determines it to be required reading? Like who? Like there's not some oracle out there that is of all knowing uh, information that tells you you shall read all these books and you shall Mm -hmm. become me. It's like, it doesn't work that way. So read the books that interest you, which is one of the sole reasons why most people don't establish reading habits is because they read books that don't interest them. Just read books that interest you. Mm -hmm. If it's fiction, romance, go for it, do it. Whatever, float your boat. Like I don't particularly care, but read books that interest you. Uh, And from the implementation part of it, I think it's important to understand what your system is. Uh, when you read a book, I have a very specific system. I'm sure you've perhaps have seen the video or not. Um, I talk about how I take notes. I talk about it all the time now. Uh, I think the most important thing from it that I found is have principles um, after reading that you're looking to implement. So I talk about five principles. You might see it on my channel, right? I talk, uh, do reels on five principles I've learned from certain books. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that is the most important thing because that's your step after finishing the book to then implement it. If you don't, if you miss that step, I feel like you'll sort of, you've finished the book and then you forget it three months later. I think you really need to condense what you want to take away from the book into principles um, so that you can remember the book and the principles inside of it, but that you can also implement into a routine. Uh, for instance, you said with Atomic Habits, for you it was identity level change, which I, it's really important. Uh, for me, it was environmental design. So how can you design your environment to to best suit the goals that you're trying to achieve, whether that be setting up your gym equipment or uh, putting your notebook on your table before you go to sleep? You know, things like that is really important. So yeah, that's really it. I think on, on that point, when it comes to choosing books, I think it's really important to understand that. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, so principles, basically. And actually applying them, not, not just having them.
1: Do you know what? I think... Uh, Ray Dalio's book, Principles. Um, another book that I wouldn't say is a book that you'd read from start to finish, but a book that you can reference. He ref- he recommends at the end of that book to write your own principles. And I actually recommend um, that to anyone listening and something that I do as well is I have written my own document or library or whatever way you want to define it of principles that I hold by or, or ones that I, I like. Uh, so, that's really important as well is is write them for yourself and i think that's probably one critical thing is you have to reframe the book into your own perspective to get value from it you can't just read it and expect mm-hmm. to get value from it you have to take notes you have to write about it you have to talk about it uh you just yeah you have to reframe the book into your own perspective in order to learn from it you can't just accumulate it and then expect to remember it
0: mm-hmm. i think that Ray holiday has a like a box in which he uh, collects his notes from, from, well, his reflections from what he has read. Um, Well, you know, just one last question, which is the one that I uh, always ask. And, you know, my podcast is called The Transformation Journey. And I ask, how do you define transformation and how do you approach it?
1: Transformation is an interesting topic because I just said that the fact that you don't know who you are really and who you are changes over time. So transformation for me is an interesting concept because I don't believe that you can truly know who the person that you are, but I do believe you can know the person that you want to become. Uh, which is that concept of identity level change that uh, James Clear talks about, but I know Jordan Peterson talks about it a lot, is have an ideal that you're trying to chase. And the ideal is not someone that is real. It could be just a fictitious idea of who you want to become, but always seek to become that ideal. And I think that's really important is everyone has an ideal that they're trying to chase. And always have that in mind. Now that might change over time, but if you're aware of who you're trying to to be, I think transformation becomes a lot easier. I think a lot of people struggle to transform when they don't have clarity on why they're doing it. Once you have clarity about why you're doing something, it becomes a lot easier to transform. So my view for transformation is start at the ground level. It's like, okay, why are you making a change? Is it to uh, achieve this? Is it to become this? Is it just because you don't like who you are at the moment? Uh, which is goes back to this thing about how you should love yourself for who you are, which I am a vehement opposement. I just I don't think it's the right mindset. I think at the moment a lot of individuals are saying you're fine just the way you are. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't like who, <laughs> I don't like who I am. That's why I want to become better. It's such a ridiculous mindset. Um so yeah, transformation comes once you understand what your flaws are. Um become friends with that. Don't hold, don't become burdened by your flaws. Uh, Be friends with it, know it, um, and then find systems and processes that help you to become better. Um, And that takes time and patience, but books are your friends. So Mm -hmm. make friends with those books.
0: Great. Well, uh, you know, just one more thought that I just had about the thing of loving yourself. I... I started to reflect upon the topic after reading The Mastery of Self by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And I think that loving yourself is, yeah, like accepting who you are right now, like sort of to be in peace, but also accepting that there is a part of you that can be better. So it's like, yeah, loving who you are, but it's not like, okay, I love who I am and I I stagnate it's like I love who I am and who I am also includes who I can be, so I grow i transform into into that identity or that's sort of how how I see to also be like in peace and fulfilled mm-hmm. mm
1: it's that for me it's that dichotomy between understanding how who you are as a person but also who you can become, so it's understanding both those threads I mean, I'm in the school of Mr goggins unfortunately in this in this respect i I think that I think it's important to be self-critical of yourself at all times. And I think sometimes it can be difficult because you don't want to become self-critical and not have a system to get out of it because then you're just negative self-talk, which is not important. Mm. It's not good or it's just, it's just not, it's not good. What you need is negative self-talk that then transforms into positive action. Uh, And that's where feedback comes in from people around Mm. you, but also, most people know what they're doing wrong, um, but they're just avoiding
0: Self-awareness. it. Self mm-hmm. awareness,
1: yeah. Have 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 a have an idea about what you're lacking in. Seek to fix it.
0: Yeah. Well, Han, thank you for coming. Where, where can people find you? Is there anything else you want to mention? Where can people not? Where can people not find me? God.
1: Um, <laughs> Yes. You can find me on Instagram. One minute book of you. You can find me on book talk today, which is the podcast I do every week with, uh, with authors. You can also find me on my personal YouTube channel, uh, on Abdi. I'm trying to do more stuff on my personal YouTube and yes, I think that's all.
0: Well, i really thank you for, for coming on. It was great. I learned a lot and we'll definitely be reflecting a lot about this and trying to implement stuff. Um, to, to the business part, to the productivity, to the, to how I receive feedback and, and then act, um, upon that, uh, reflection and thank you for that. That has been episode number 28 with On Abdi and now, as promised, it is time for me to share my biggest lessons with you guys. If you also have key takeaways that you would like to share to me or to the community, you can do so by reaching out to me on Instagram at the.transformation.journey. By leaving a comment on the video interview with on on YouTube or also by leaving a review on the podcast on iTunes where you share stuff you learned. There are obviously many other ways to share and I would love to see your creativity while sharing them to others. Getting now into my golden nuggets, number one was that conversations are a great way to immerse into topics and to get to know others in ways that you would probably not do by being alone. Number two, was that while creating something, ask yourself, what is the main goal? And what can I do that no one else does? What can I do that makes myself stand out? That'll lead to purpose and authenticity. Number three, focus on acquiring skills that will make you thrive when an idea or an opportunity comes. Number four, something that has been around for a long time has higher probabilities of staying around for a longer time. Number five, self-awareness is very important in order to be proactive. Number six, develop patience and presence. There will always be something that causes some struggle, so you might as well make the best out of it. Number seven, start with negative self-talk to then transform it into positive action towards who you want to become. I'd love to know what your thoughts on this episode were. You already know where to find me, so please reach out. Thank you so much for listening until the end of this episode. As always, I hope you enjoyed and received value from it. If you want to keep enjoying and receiving value, make sure you check out recent episodes and listen to one that seems interesting to you. That was it for this time, and I am looking forward to talking to you on the next episode. Peace.